Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Thursday, October 8th, 2020. I am Andrew Hansen here with my NFL partner, Mr. Shane Caldwell, getting ready for the main slate on Sunday for week five. And Shane, we're a quarter of the way through the season, sort of, kind of, almost, with these postponements and cancellations and potential rescheduling uh, situations. But are you ready to help our listeners sort it out here in week five? Yeah, we're de- we're definitely ready. I'm, I'm glad now that's uh, week five. It's it's going quick. We, we got to enjoy uh, each slate every single week, and uh, we're ready to crunch crunch another slate here and uh, find some good plays for everyone. Uh, it's nice that we have a full quarter or four games worth of data, so we're getting a little bit more data now, so you know the team's a little better, but sometimes the data can still play tricks on you at the same time. But we're getting a little larger sample size here, so I think that's going to help us uh, help predict some outcomes and find some awesome DFS plays for everyone. Absolutely. And so the, the schedule certainly has been a little bit of a question mark with the a Titans game, with the Bills in question. So we are going to skip that one on the main slate here and uh, try to find an edge with the four-game sample size that we do have. And despite the inconsistency with the scheduling, you know, the one thing that's been consistent for us so far, we've been off to a great start in NFL this year, 80% winning rate on the, the main slate for us at DFS Coach Talk with our members. So we invite folks to jump in with us. If you're not a member already, go to DFSCoachTalk.com, grab a weekly membership or a monthly or the fall special, which is designed for NFL DFS players. It takes you through the end of the calendar year, gives you a nice discount on our monthly membership. And we give out full lineups, uh, FanDuel cash lineup, GPP lineup, uh, the DraftKings coaches clipboard, which has highlighted core plays and a bunch of pivots, and then the Yahoo hybrid lineup as well for the folks who like playing on Yahoo. So we've got all three sites covered. And we're excited to get going here on on week five and keep crushing it. And Shane, I want to start with some over-unders here from our partners at BetUS. They are the presenting sponsor here for us today, betus.com.pa. Great spot to go for all your sports wagering and casino action. And on this 11-game slate, that's what we're going to call it here with the Bills-Titans game in question, only four of the 11 have totals over 50. Uh, at this point here on Thursday. So not quite as many high totals as last week, but we get to start out with one here right off the top as the Panthers are traveling to Atlanta to play the Falcons over under set at 54 and a half Uh, Falcons, the home favorite one and a half points. And, you know, one of the themes of the season, one thing that has been consistent is that you can pass the ball on Atlanta. It's a, it's a terrific spot for the Panthers here. So, are you going to get some exposure to game one here with this high total? Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, Carolina offense is looking good. I mean, these teams are uh, a perfect DFS matchup. They're great for fantasy. Real life, they're not really that good at teams. But for fantasy, it's awesome. And the fact that it's almost a pick em game, you know, Atlanta's like, what, one and a half point favorites here. So it's high scoring and really close competitive game. Both defenses bad. And both offenses have great schemes and great playmakers and a lot of stars here and uh, really reasonably priced players for the most part. So this is a perfect situation here for DFS. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked really good last week. Uh, I was impressed. He was actually uh, running the ball and looking really good. He had a a rushing touchdown. He was passing the ball extremely efficient, Um, you know, actually taking a couple deep shots here and there and just really, really efficient with the passing game. 
Uh, he has a lot of weapons. You know, he has really three good receivers between uh, Robbie Anderson's look great, DJ Moore he still has, even Curtis Samuel is getting involved, and then he's passing the ball to the running backs, uh, even the tight ends. So Bridgewater's looking really good here. Uh, so I do, I do like Teddy Bridgewater. Probably still more of a GPP play if you want to stack this game or that that, that type of thing. I don't know if I still quite trust him in cash, but uh, Bridgewater's looked really good in this system, um, and he has a, a lot of great weapons. Uh, on the Carolina side, uh, you know, I'd like stacking him with Robbie Anderson probably the most. Robbie Anderson has been great because he's not just the deep threat. He's been getting those short and intermediate routes, and he's awesome with run after the catch. The guy's just super fast, and, and he's really sneaky. He's, he's kind of hard to tackle, even though he's not a big guy. He tends to slide out of those tackles and really, really fast for run after the catch ability. So Robbie Anderson's been a great you know, a great play this, this year. Uh, he's still reasonably priced around that $6,000 range. Um, and then Mike Davis has just been pretty much their workhorse back. Uh, and last week's game, he started getting, uh, you know, he was getting the, all the work. And then all of a sudden they brought Bonifon in, Reggie Bonifon, and he started getting some work in the second half. And I was like, uh-oh, they're trying to split it up. And then I saw the news this week that Reggie Bonifon has a high ankle sprain and he was on IR. And then I was like, okay, it's Mike Davis time again once yep. I figured that out. So it's like Mike Davis is going to be up to like an 80% snap share. He's a true bell cow. Here's one thing I noticed about Mike Davis. Even when they're down, uh, which they have been a lot, obviously, with this defense, uh, that he still gets a lot of work. Like they'll still run the ball. And, of course, he's getting a ton of catches. So he's pretty much uh, game script, you know, independent, you know. He's not dependent on the game script. It doesn't really matter. So he's going to get work no matter what. And, he, and the guy looks fast. Uh, he's got good size. He looks fast and elusive. And he's powerful. He finishes the run, runs really, you know, really with power, taking two or three guys with him. It's hard to bring him down right now. So, and of course, he's their red zone back. He's their third down back. He's he's pretty much the offense, right? He's like the poor man's Christian McCaffrey. So, and he's got a great matchup against the Atlanta defense. So that doesn't hurt either in a pretty high score game total. So I don't care how much they raise Mike Davis's price. You know, if he was like seven to $8,000, I'd probably still play him this week. <laughs> so I know it sounds crazy. He's your new favorite it, player in the NFL. Yeah, bottom yeah, line. Well, for one more week, right? Until right. McCaffrey comes back, he's my favorite player. So yeah. that's the idea. So definitely like Mike Davis. Uh, uh, can't express that too much more, I don't think. Uh, and then on the Atlanta side, I think the Matt Ryan's definitely going to bounce back in this game. You got Matt Ryan in the dome at home. You know, not that crowd noise is a big factor, but just in his home environment, he typically plays really good. And he historically is pretty good against Carolina and their schemes. Uh, they have different schemes this year, but they're still a pretty inexperienced defense. I thought the Carolina defense looked pretty decent last week, um, but I think Matt Ryan can definitely exploit them. I think Calvin Ridley, it looks like he's going to be back and hopefully he's mostly healthy. I think Calvin Ridley can have a big bounce back game and get back to his huge games of having over hundred yards and at least a touchdown he's expensive. So you're going to need that type of production from him to pay off that value. Cause he's near that $8,000 range. Uh, you know, uh, but I think Calvin Ridley's due for a big bounce back here. Um, and then uh, I think that they are all their other weapons are, are, are going to be in play as well. Uh, you know, the tight end has been a little bit, uh, Hurst has been a little disappointing, but I think he's in play cause he's cheap. Um, I think you can look at Russell Gage uh, as their slot, uh, Slot receiver is really good. And then we'll see if, if Julio Jones is going to play. So are you going to try to pronounce the guy's name, if who, the, the receiver that played pretty good last week when Julio went out? <laughs> yeah, I believe it's Zacchaeus. Uh, we can just call him OZ or Oz maybe for yeah. his initials, uh, the, the, the Wizard of Oz in Atlanta. 
and he is minimum price on DraftKings. He's only three thousand. Cleaned up there uh, late after Julio went out in the second half against Green Bay. He caught eight for eighty-six total. So if Julio is out, I'm going to fire Oz up for sure in this high-scoring game. Uh, it's a good way to run it back. Uh, full game stack with Atlanta and get Ridley and Ryan in there. But you know, as you mentioned, it's a even better matchup for Teddy Bridgewater on the other side. So I'd like to get him out there with at least one of those Panthers receivers. And, you know, as you said, Anderson's played great this year, 28 receptions, one touchdown. DJ Moore has been a little bit disappointing, only 18 receptions and no scores yet, but maybe this is the week where he finally gets more involved. And this is probably the only matchup where I consider for Carolina stacking both of those guys together. I, I think you can do it. You know, we've seen some massive passing games against Atlanta with Seattle and Dallas. So should be plenty of opportunities for them to both pay off value. And I think it is important to really dig in on this game because uh, it's a terrific opportunity to stack on both sides. And uh, I I think we're going to need exposure to this game. So we'll certainly have it. I'm excited about that one. And then, Shane, you know, there's another exciting game here right after it at one o'clock with another high total as the Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Kansas City over under is 55 on BetUS, but the Chiefs are 12-point favorites. So uh, interesting uh, scenario here. And I want to ask you about the Raiders running game because so far it's worked to to run against the Chiefs. They're number 28 uh, in the NFL in that uh, department. And you know the Raiders want to give it to Josh Jacobs who is 6.3 on DraftKings. So another one of those mid-tier running backs. We're going to talk about a few of them here on the show today. And with that 12-point line, certainly there's a a very good chance that the Chiefs are going to be playing ahead. So you wouldn't think maybe it's the perfect game script for But he is getting at least three receptions a game. So uh, he's in play for me on DraftKings because of that PPR and because we know they want to use him. What about you, though? Are you scared of the game script, or would you consider Jacobs this week? I mean, historically, Josh Jacobs has not done well. You know, last week when they, uh, you know, when they were down, he he wasn't doing he wasn't doing well, you know, at all against Buffalo. Buffalo got up big on him. So, uh, and I thought that was a game where he'd be able to have a lot of production against Buffalo, and he really didn't do much. So. Uh, yeah, so there's something about when he gets down there, uh, you know, he might get a few checkdowns, but for the most part, there's not many design plays for him in the passing game. Um, and you're talking about Kansas City being able to di- dominate in the time of possession here and really control this game. And he and Derek Carr is going to be forced to have to pass. I mean, if this if they're going to get up by, by, you know, two or three touchdowns, Derek Carr is going to have to let it rip a little bit. Um, so I don't really see a good game script uh, plan playing out here um if Kansas City has their star D tackle Chris Jones back which I think he'll probably play this week he was out last week then I don't then it makes me not like the Raiders even you know even more uh not like them even more so that means uh, you know Chris Jones really helps them with their pass rush and their run run defense there for the Kansas City Chiefs so I just think the Chiefs Chiefs are a pretty tough defense and I don't really like targeting them even though they haven't been great against the run I think they're solid against the run here and I, I just don't like the game script um and I just don't like the Vegas 
offense in general in terms of getting Jacobs down there and being able to get goal line touches and, you know, red zone touches. And and, and, and I just feel like his touchdown upside is limited here. And I, I just don't like uh, too many people really outside of Darren Waller on the, on the Raiders side here. Uh, now Darren Waller in the game script can get a lot of uh, catches and a lot of that garbage time production that I like in the second half, because like I said, they should be down by, you know, you know, 15, 20 points, whatever it is. And Darren Waller has a great matchup there. If Kansas City's not great against tight ends, they don't really have anyone that can tight, that can uh, contend with his speed and size and athleticism. So, so Darren Waller's reasonably priced. I thought I like him here in this spot. What do you think about him? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, you know, he had that one down week after the massive week against the Saints, and then he rebounded nicely against Buffalo and had a huge PPR game. And if they are behind, they, they have to rely on him. There's been some uh, in and out, uh, you know, changes with the uh, Raiders passing attack. But it looks like Ruggs is back practicing, so he should be playing. Uh, so a little bit more of a, uh, you know, diversity of options there in the passing game should help Waller. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you got to pay for it. So, uh, you know, he is he certainly is in consideration for me. Now, the flip side here on the Chiefs side, my question for you is, how are they going to take this lead? You know, assuming they do, who are you targeting uh, to be the big fantasy producers for the Chiefs this week? Yeah, I mean, I think this is a good spot to pay up for Patrick Mahomes. I mean, the, the Raiders are not really that great against quarterbacks, not really great against the pass. You know, there's kind of a middle of the road defense and Mahomes is just shown, you know, he's at home. Uh, he's just shown that he can pretty much torch anyone at any time. You know, there's really no stopping him at this point. I don't, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't think they have a, you know, a scheme like, you know, New England looked good against him uh, last week uh, just because of the genius of Belichick and having some pretty good personnel back in the secondary. But if you look at the Raiders, they're the complete opposite. Their personnel in terms of their back end is not great. Um, their secondary, you know, their corners and safeties are very inexperienced. So I don't see a scenario where they can really stop Mahomes, which is why, you know, Kansas City has an implied total over 33 points, which is a monster total there. So Mahomes is in play here. Um, I keep looking for Clyde Edwards Elaire to have his breakout game. He hasn't really gotten the end zone much, even though this uh, Kansas City offense scores a lot. My best explanation for that is Mahomes is so good in the red zone at just getting passing touchdowns from farther out that they don't even need to use Clyde Edwards Elaire, and they haven't been that efficient inside the five when they're running with him. So it's like their passing attack is so good, but eventually Clyde Edwards Elaire is going to get those touchdowns in this offense. It's going to score a lot. So because of that and his ability to catch balls here um, in a pretty decent matchup, I think Clyde Edwards-Elair has he definitely has a lot of upside here, and then Tyreek Hill is another guy where I don't think anyone from the Raiders can can uh, can cover him, and he's similar to Calvin Ridley when we were talking about earlier. He's very expensive, so you're going to need that huge game from him, but he's certainly capable of it. And Kelsey's in play is here is in here as well. He's just very expensive, but Kelsey certainly in play against the Raiders. I don't think they're they don't seem to be very good against tight ends still. Um, I thought Corey Littleton would would improve their defense on uh, for against tight ends, but his his uh, pass coverage grade is not very good this year so far. So from what we're seeing so far, the Raiders uh, they're not good against tight ends again, and Kelsey's in play here as well. So so I'm probably going to stick with those main top tier guys there. I'm probably not going to go down to you know, Miko Hardman, I think he's good for a GPP flyer, but I'm probably not going to go to the cheap guys here. But I really like Kansas City, and I think they're worth paying up for here. Yeah, I agree. I, I like the front line guys. You could go with uh, the old traditional Mahomes to Hill 
pairing. Hope they get two or even three touchdowns. Would not surprise me. And uh, great matchup for uh, Clyde Edwards E. Lair. Raiders are number 25 against the run. We saw what our man Rex Burkhead did against the Raiders with three touchdowns. So if he can get three, uh, CEH could certainly get a couple. So I do like some exposure to the Chiefs offense here uh, for sure. All right, Shane, game number three. We're going to come back down to earth a little bit here with the total. It's only 45 as the Rams are traveling to Washington to take on the football team there. They are seven and a half point favorites. And there is a change under center for Washington. Haskins is out. Kyle Allen is in. Um, and then, you know, you, you'd think about the, 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 the other thing I want to mention about this game from the big picture is you'd think with Washington being one and three, you know, maybe this is an you know, exciting spot to attack. But their defense has been quite strong, only averaging uh, 360 yards allowed, 230 in the passing game, 130 on the ground. So, you know, that's why we've got this over-under of only 45. Uh, anyone you're looking at here maybe as a one-off? Yeah, I, th- I think, uh, yeah, not not a lot of exposure from the Rams side, even though they are pretty heavy favorites here. So I think if you're going to get exposure, you want it on the Rams side. The problem with their running back, their backfield is like a three-headed monster. If Cam Akers comes back this week, then they could have Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, and just a full blown-out committee there. Um, I do like Cooper Cup here. Um, I think that he he'll, he has the best matchup in the slot against their slot uh, coverage. They're more uh, you can expose them more across the middle of the field. Um, so this is a game where if they can't really dominate in the run, if Washington's front stopping them, they'll have a lot of those short passing attacks here. Um, the quick, you know, really quick paced passing attack, try to wear out the Washington defense. And, and a lot of that damage will be done over the middle by Cooper Cup here. And he has that big play upside as well. So I do like Cooper Cup here. Um, I don't know if I'll get a lot of exposure to him, but he's definitely uh, in play here. Um, he's got a great matchup in the slot. Um, and on the Washington side, you know, I think Terry McLaurin is is almost matchup proof. You know, he was going in uh, Baltimore last week, a tough matchup. He was hobbled, limited practice all week, and he still still has a huge game. So Terry McLaurin is almost matchup proof here. And I think if Josh Allen can be a little bit more accurate with his passings, he should pepper McLaurin with targets and compared to McLaurin or compared to uh, Haskins, Haskins. who, uh, yeah, sometimes Haskins is just not very accurate with his passing. So Terry McLaurin just narrowly misses some of those deep shots. So so we'll see here. But I think that if Josh Allen wants to keep this job and, you know, and have a productive season, even though he's not that great, I think his main go-to has got to be Terry McLaurin. And Terry McLaurin's still pretty cheap in the $6,000 range. And then for Washington, Antonio Gibson, I think, is just going to keep getting more and more snap share and more and more production. Um, and I think he's super talented. He had a big game last week in that $5,000 range. So I think he's really talented. And, you know, I, I find it really hard to believe that they're just going to keep rolling out. Uh, you know, who's the running back that they keep starting? Uh, McKissick. Yeah, I, okay. I, have a, I have a hard time believing. McKissick comes in there for like a few plays and they say he's the starter, but he doesn't really get early down work. And then Antonio Gibson comes in and he's the early down guy. Plus he gets catches and he's just a big physical freak. He, you know, he's explosive. He, he broke off some long catches last week. Um, so Antonio Gibson's a guy that's kind of under the radar that I could see doing some damage here. And I think Kyle Allen, will do a good job checking down to him and getting the ball to him in space. They're playmakers like McLaren and Gibson. So that's why I like those two guys here. Yeah, Gibson is a guy that you really need to keep an eye on if you're not uh, on top of that already. He has increased his uh, PPR output in every game this season, got up to 22.8 last week, 
17 touches, 128 all-purpose yards, got in the end zone. And the Rams are at number 18 against the run, so it's not the worst matchup. Uh, decent price, uh, another GPP option for you. And, uh, yeah, it's funny with uh, Allen there. I think you met you. I think you called him Josh there at the beginning. I actually wrote oh. down. I wrote down Josh Allen when I was making my notes here. That's and then hilarious. I had to circle back. Kyle and, and, Allen. You know, Josh Allen's played so well this year that he's sort of at the forefront of the mind. Um, yeah. But yeah, Kyle Allen, of course. If no, and, Kyle Allen plays like Josh Allen, then you can take then him. Then you've at got price on Fanduel. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Because I know some people are looking at uh, Kyle Allen here as a uh, as a sleeper in a DPP because you can get him for super cheap, like especially on DraftKings, you know, what was right. he like $4,500 or something ridiculous. So yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. 41, yeah. Like 4,100. And it's a, uh -huh. it's a good lesson. Actually, it's always important to double check your lineups right before you start. You know, you see Allen and you just click on him on the quarterback uh, option. You got to make sure which Allen you're clicking on. And sometimes you've got guys with the same initials, same last names. So always good to, to look over things twice before kickoff. But, you know, the, the, the big question with Allen is well, what kind of chemistry is going to have with McLaurin? Because, you know, you mentioned it, McLaurin has basically been matchup proof so far this season with Haskins, but different quarterback now. And of course, we do have guys like Jalen Ramsey who are going to try to slow him down this week. So a uh, very tough situation there. I think if I was going to play anybody for Washington this week, it would be Gibson. And I'm with you on the Rams side, Cooper Cup, my favorite option this week. All right, game four, Shane, we've got our third uh, total over 50. It's 54 at betus.com.pa as the Jaguars at one and three are going into Houston to take on the Texans who are undefeated. Or, no, they're winless. They, they're not undefeated. Oh, they wins. haven't won yet. Uh, they're 0 and 4. <laughs> and because of that, uh, Romeo Cornell has taken over for Bill O'Brien. Uh, despite all that, they are the six point favorites. And uh, the guy that I want to start uh, with is is not on the Houston side. I want to talk to you about the uh, the Jaguars and their rushing attack. This is your Mike Davis. This is this, is this guy is your Mike Davis. For, for me, go. it's Mike Davis. Here's your guy. This is your it's, moment right here. It's James Robinson. <laughs> and last four weeks, uh, first four weeks, his touches, he's gone 17, 19, 17, 21. So he's getting carries. He's getting catches. He's 6,700 on DraftKings, so nice that he's still under 7K. And Houston has given up the most rushing yards per game so far this season. So uh, are you with me on James Robinson this week? Yeah, I'm much, I wasn't as high on him last week because my concern was, you know, is uh, is Thompson going to get it like third down work? And they, they were like splitting in the snap share, and, which was kind of ridiculous because Thompson's pretty much washed up. And uh, he wasn't getting as much third down work. He was getting some check downs and that type of thing. But now all of a sudden they full out just committed to him as a full bell cow. He's a younger guy. I mean, he's a rookie and, he, and he's showing he can handle pretty much every situation. 76% snap share last week. So when I saw that, I was really happy. He's in a pretty good matchup here against Houston. And, you know, I think that the Houston statistics are all blown out of proportion because they're, they're, I've talked about how their matchups were so ridiculous. They played like the best teams in the NFL so far. But uh, with that being said, they, you can exploit them in, in the running game here and in the uh, – yeah, pass catching game for the running backs in yeah James Robinson looks great um, by the way uh, you probably already knew this since you're the J James Robinson fam club guy here but uh, he had a, a 40 yard run last week that was called back 
due to holding. And if he would have had that, he would have went way over the hundred yard rushing mark. And in, in addition to his, uh, in addition to his receiving work. So if if the Jaguars' offense can get their get their act together here and get this guy in the end zone, um, he's going to be the main target when they get in the uh, red zone as well. If they can get him a touchdown and they can bring break a couple long plays that, you know, not have holding like last week. Uh, yeah, he's due for a blow-up game, and he's pretty much the guy. And it's hard to get a workhorse running back, a true bell cow type guy uh, at this price point. And so that's why it's super valuable at 66 to $6,700 price range to have a workhorse in a pretty high-scoring game here in a pretty good matchup. And just like Mike Davis, he is game flow independent. It doesn't matter what the game flow is. Um, they – the Jacksonville was down big. Uh, they played, I think it was Cincinnati, right, last week? Yes. They were down big in the third and fourth quarter by multiple touchdowns. And guess what they were doing? Running James Robinson still. <laughs> they, I mean, I don't think they wanted to give the ball to Gardner Minshew because it would have been even a bigger blowout probably because <laughs> right. he would have thrown a pick or something or fumbled. So, the, and they, so they were throwing him the ball and still letting him run the ball even though they were down big. Um, which is great. And they don't have a third down running back to, that they're confident going to. He is the third down running back now where it wasn't before. So he's completely uh, uh, game flow proof here, which is perfect. And he's a bell cow. So I said it uh, just like Mike Davis, lo- love him here. Love the price, love the role in the, in the situation he's in here. All right. And on the Houston side, anything there you want to uh, you want to add? Well, you know, a lot of people were on Deshaun Watson last last week, uh, and he was really disappointing. I mean, he pretty much got shut down by Minnesota, and they just well, looked really he, bad. He did get to 300 yards and two touchdowns, and he had a third to, to Will Fuller on the last play there on fourth down, but they, they ruled that it was yeah. incomplete, so... You know, oh, was, I know you didn't let me finish my statement. Oh, okay. I was about ready to say I was about ready to finish that statement by saying in the first half. Oh, okay, so he was great. if you were following the game, which I was in the first yes. half, he pretty much got shut down. He was completely you are correct. I, I don't know the exact stats, but he might have had like you know 80 total yards in the first half or something ridiculous like that, right? So he was completely shut down, and it was like, holy crap, this was a mistake, you know, because they had Mahomes in a lineup. But the point, the point is, is he he pretty much was really horrible a whole first half and he still had over 20 fantasy points. He pulled it out at the end. So if he could just put together a full game, you know, similar production, to what he had in the second half, you know, in a good, in a good matchup here, uh, you got to really love Deshaun Watson. And I think he's worth paying up for. And then you compare him with Will Fuller, like we did last week at 6,600. It's an affordable price. And uh, Jacksonville doesn't really have anyone that can cover Will Fuller. So they don't have anyone that type of speed and Will Fuller's, uh, as I discussed quite a bit in this offseason, I love him as the number one wide receiver here uh, in this offense. So I think he's going to have a huge game here. Um, you know, I think the running backs are okay, but I think the two, Johnson, David Johnson, and Duke Johnsons are going to be mostly splitting uh, more like a timeshare now. Um, so I don't really want to guess which D Johnson is going to be the guy here because you can run against Jacksonville, um, definitely. Uh, but I really like the passing game for Houston here, especially Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller here. Yeah, I'm with you there. I like that combo. Uh, the Jags are number 24 against the pass. They give up 29 points per game. So I, that's the the lead stack I'd go with there. Uh, but I do like David Johnson. I, I think he he'll be the DJ that you that you want to use, and he's a nice price on DraftKings 5200. We saw that Mixon absolutely destroyed the the Jaguars last week for three touchdowns, 181 all-purpose yards. So I, I do like that, you know, maybe again as a as a pivot where 
maybe my first lineup, I would go with the passing attack. And if I played a second lineup there, I, I'd get uh, David Johnson in there in case he gets a couple touchdowns. But either way, another important game here uh, to keep note of as you're building your lineups. Yeah, David Johnson's price went down, so which is good. But Duke Johnson just keeps uh, continues to uh, tend, tend to take more snap shares now. I think it's trending that way. I think it's good with Romeo Cornell. You know, he 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 might be running the ball a little bit more. But remember, now that Bill O'Brien's gone, the guy that traded for David Johnson and wants to get him more snaps is no longer there, right? So that right. whole you know n- narrative that I had about you know Bill O'Brien forcing the ball. David Johnson that doesn't exist anymore so we don't really know what's going to happen it might be a true 50-50 split instead of forcing David Johnson in there and David Johnson's looked okay but he hasn't looked great as of late so that's what I'm kind of worried about there but yeah his prices went down I think he's 5200 on DK is is really cheap for a guy that that could be a three down roll I just don't think he's going to get as much passing work as the problem here but you know but he he does he does have a path to do well here against in a good matchup so excellent all right good points all right, game five, Shane. Arizona traveling to New York to take on the Jets. They are the seven-point favorites. Over-under is 47 on BetUS. And I think this is an opportunity potentially to play your defense. Uh, Arizona 4,100 on DraftKings. Uh, Jets still banged up with uh, Le'Veon Bell still out. And in terms of the receiving core, Brashad Perriman is questionable. So you've got Crowder still. You've got Jeff Smith who stepped up. Last week, he's minimum price at three thousand. Um, so, you know, interesting that, you know, from my perspective, I would consider the Arizona defense. I would also maybe consider one of those wide receivers, uh, you know, due to the the injuries. But w- anything you're targeting here in this matchup? Are you sure you're going to play the Arizona defense against the Super Bowl MVP? Isn't is it Flacco <laughs> playing for the Jets? I think I think he is. Oh, that's a funny thing. Let me let me look at that real quick because that's that's how under the radar, isn't it? Flacco that's going to start. Yeah, yeah. So Joe Flacco is going to be the starting uh, quarterback. So you're playing your defense against a Super Bowl MVP. I don't know here. No, Twenty million dollar man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Flacco. I think that you know Flacco might be able to put up a few points on them. I don't know if they'll completely shut down. Um, and they still have some weapons. You know, Jameson Crowder uh, is a guy I'm looking at from the Jets as a guy that can exploit a weak secondary for uh, for Arizona here. So I like Jamison Crowder with that garbage time, see if he can get a little bit of that old Flacco magic here. You know, so I'm, I'm hoping that that can happen. Uh, I think Flacco's definitely capable of hitting him over the over the, the middle and exploiting some of those matchups there. Um, and then uh, on the Arizona side, I'm not going to for a lot of exposure. I think the New York Jets defense is decent. You know, they're not they're not horrible. Um I think that DeAndre Hopkins could have a big game just because they don't really have anyone in the secondary that can that can cover and match up with him. And if DeAndre Hopkins is finally healthy this week, uh, I think Kyler Murray will will be peppering him with targets for sure. And I would like to see them throw the ball a little bit deeper to Hopkins because it was a lot of that dink and dunk last week against Carolina. It was like really ugly, like a lot of those little you know, really short a dot uh, targets here. It was way too short and Hopkins couldn't do anything. It was like one yard passes. So if they can, if they can get Hopkins down the field a little bit more, maybe he's a little healthier, or they can really exploit the Jets' defense and exploit their weakness there. So so I do like paying up for DeAndre Hopkins. He's the most expensive guy, but I think that um, if if the if the Cardinals do blow them out here, I think it'll be because of, hopefully uh, because of DeAndre Hopkins. 
Uh, it's really hard to like Kenyon Drake. He hasn't really looked that good, and the Jets are usually decent against the run here. Uh, frankly, Chase Edmonds looked better when I rewatched the game there. Chase Edmonds looks really good. And I was kind of hoping that uh, Drake would be out injured for a week or two so we could play Chase Edmonds, honestly. But Drake is back at practice and fully healthy. So it's back to that committee there. But I just see Chase Edmonds taking some of Drake's um, snap share here because he just keeps playing so well and playing better than Drake. So it's too hard to deny that. Um, but neither of them, I think, is going to really produce because it's a, it's not a, a elite matchup and they're splitting the time here. So I like the passing game probably more for Arizona than anything here, but not a game that I'm targeting a ton, but we got a couple plays there. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, the problem with Drake is he's not getting targeted in the passing game. Didn't get any last week while Chase Edmonds caught five for 24 yards and a touchdown. I mean, you know, Drake could have used those 13.4 PPR points. Uh, so I agree. If, if everybody's healthy and out there, probably won't uh, touch that backfield. If anybody here, I would go with Hopkins. We saw what Tim Patrick did last week to the Jets. If he can go for over 100 and touchdown, I'm pretty sure DeAndre Hopkins can as well. Yeah, really. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Tim Patrick did look like DeAndre Hopkins or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Shane. Next one is the Eagles against the Steelers. And that's another one o'clock start. Steelers are the seven point favorites over under is 44 and a half Eagles coming off that surprising win against San Francisco to some. I know you were on the Eagles there. You liked that side of things last week. So they came through in, in a big way. They needed that win. And the Steelers are coming in here with a lot of rest because they didn't play last week uh, because of the COVID situation with the Titans. So with uh, with that as a backdrop, Anyone you're looking at here in this matchup? You know, I don't have a ton of exposure to this this matchup because uh, normally I like, you know, looking at maybe some of the Philadelphia guys like, you know, Greg Ward because all their, all their receivers are out. He's super cheap. But he's in a tough matchup against uh, in the slot against Mike Hilton as a shutdown corner uh, for Pittsburgh. They have a great pass rush, so it's going to just be a tough matchup for Philly. I don't like Miles Sanders, even though I love Miles Sanders in general. I, I usually like to play him, uh, but in this matchup, he's going to really have to do the work in the receiving game. And even in the receiving game, Pittsburgh's pretty tough at coming up and being physical and tackling those screens and those type of things. So I don't really see a good route here with Philadelphia's offensive line not playing good. I don't see a route where Miles Sanders can have much room to run and Pittsburgh could pretty much shut them down. And if, if Philly is going to score, it's going to have to be through the passing game you know, some fluke plays through the passing game and Carson Wentz is going to have to make some amazing plays, but I don't really see it happening here. Um, on the Pittsburgh side, I think Philly's good enough to kind of limit their upside a little bit, but I think, you know, Pittsburgh will still do well. I mean, you can take a look at James Conner. He's been playing great lately, but the problem is, is that Philly's pretty good against the run. So it makes you not like that as much. Um, and then when you're looking at uh, some of these Pittsburgh guys, like I like Deontay Johnson in general this year, but he's probably going to have Darius Slay uh, shadowing him and Darius Slay should be good enough to contain him. So, you know, he can still catch a couple balls against Darius Slay, but I don't think he's going to have an upside game. Um, so, I mean, that leaves you to Juju Smith-Schuster, who's not practicing as of right now on Thursday, who's also injured. So you can see I'm just explaining why I'm mostly fading this game and just at least give you guys a little bit of logical why. So when I'm looking at all these different scenarios, the game flow and the 
matchup. I think Pittsburgh will easily win this game, um, but because of the matchup, I think the upside is limited here, and I'm not really loving it. Uh, if you're going to get some exposure, it'd be on the Pittsburgh side, but you, I don't I don't know if Juju Smith-Schuster is going to play or not. Um, I think James Conner might be the best play on that side, but I don't I don't love it. So are, are you kind of the same way here? You're kind of having a hard time finding great plays in this game. Uh, very similar. Uh, you, you mentioned Connor with a you know, somewhat difficult matchup. The Eagles number 12 on the season so far against the run, but he does have two, two straight 100 yard games. And we, I mentioned the rest and that's very important to me for running backs and defenses. So Connor in, is in play as a, a GPP pivot here in that same price range as guys like James Robinson certainly could play them together, but I think he'll go a little bit lower owned because of that matchup, but I think they they obviously want to run the ball. And you talk about true bell cows. He he is that guy when he's healthy. Uh, so, I, you know, he, he's going to be in the player pool for me. Uh, I do like the team defense, uh, 3,800 on DraftKings uh, with two weeks of rest. You know, they're, they're a terrific defense to begin with. Uh, certainly won't play Sanders. They only give up 54 yards per week on the ground, which is phenomenal. Yeah, I love their defense almost every single week. So and this yes. week is no exception. <laughs> yeah, with with, it, with the receivers for the Eagles, I should add that Alshon Jeffries questionable with the foot, Deshaun Jackson questionable with the hammy. So if they're both out, you know, certainly if you're going to play anybody, it would be Greg Ward. Um, but you know, the one other matchup here in this in this game that's a little bit attractive is the tight end situation. We saw what Kittle did against the Eagles. So can't we just pencil in uh, Ebron for 15, 183, and a, and a touchdown like Kittle had last week? <laughs> yeah, no, a lot of people are on Ebron this week. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm not a big Ebron fan, but yeah, if Ebron is going to have a blow up game, this is the week. You know, so uh, yeah, I think that definitely they can exploit that exploit that matchup there against Philly. And uh, yeah, he's a big athletic tight end, and I think Ben will. I think they will exploit that matchup. So he, yeah, he is a good play here. Yeah, and, you know, the problem with Ebron, and, of course, the reason why Shane is saying that is because he's the Detroit sports man. In fact, you can follow Shane on Twitter at D-E-T Sports Shane. While you're on there, I'd love to hear from you as well. You can find me at Language Olympic. But uh, Shane knows all about Ebron from his And, you know, at 4000 I I like that uh, price on DraftKings. The only caveat here is we still have Vance McDonald in the picture. Last week, he caught three for 35. So, you know, I, I'm going to get uh, Ebron in some lineups, but it's not like a absolute lock and load uh, because of Vance McDonald. I just would not be surprised if he got in the end zone. If Smith-Schuster ends up being injured bad enough where he has to miss the game, then that could open things up as they could use uh, Ebron as a slot receiver in there, get him more, uh, more snaps in the slot. So that is something to consider. Um, if so, let's keep an eye on Smith Schuster over the next couple of days here and see let's see how he's looking for Sunday. Absolutely, you're not far from Pittsburgh. You can go over there and uh, yeah, go. get get some intel for us. Oh yeah, I can take the toll toll road right down there. Yep, the highway. <laughs> yep, jump on there. I can go through go through Cleveland, see how they're doing over there. So see how Nick Chubb's recovering. So on my way there. So yep. excellent. Yep. <laughs> yep. Say hi to Dearness and Kareem for us. Yeah, exactly. Yep. All right, we've got one more at one o'clock game, Shane. Cincinnati against Baltimore, and the Bengals one two and one uh, after that tie with Philly. Ravens three and one. There is no line right now because uh, Lamar Jackson didn't practice today, so he's questionable with the knee. 
Uh, all signs seem to indicate that he'll play. He'll be fine. Uh, but no line yet on that game. Um, Shane, the first question for me here on this game for you is we like to attack the Bengals on the ground. But we know that in terms of committees, this is like the definition of a committee. Uh, I'm going to tell you the price tags of the running backs for the Ravens on DraftKings. They are 5.4, 4.3, and 4.0. I am purposely not going to tell you the names because I want people to proceed with caution. <laughs> I want you to know that if you're going to go and try to attack this rushing attack, it's going to be a bit of a dart throw. So I think you should proceed with caution uh, before you get invested in that backfield. But what do you think? Uh, are you more uh, courageous here? Do you see any clarity on on where you might want to go in this game? Well, the question is, can you just play all three of them, two running back spots and a slot in, a, in your, your flex play here? Because they're all great running backs in a great scheme, a great system, a great offensive line. But they just they, they're like each guy gets, you know, what, seven to eight carries. And then, you know, like then you're then you're you're reached your limit and you go to the sideline. Like That's, that's how right. it is. And I probably like J.K. Dobbins the best in terms of future upside. Uh, Gus Edwards seems to be probably the hottest one right now, just overall just being uh, physical and powerful and you know looks really fast and yep. then Mark, he's getting towards the end of his career which he kind of is you know um he's kind of always been an overachiever and he's, he isn't getting any younger you know so um but they just all of them know that you know seem to know the offense i think dobbins will continue to probably his his role will will grow here as the season goes on but they don't really have any reason to throw dobbins out there for too many too many extra carries either when they have these other guys in there so i mean, they're in it for the long run they're you know they want to make a run at the super bowl they, they're not worried about you know getting a guy more production and getting the hot hand going so that's why yeah you pretty much have to Unfortunately, you kind of have to fade this uh, this backfield really here, um, unless you have some kind of insight, you know. But you know, it's like they're waiting for one of these guys to get injured, then it a little bit. But until then, it's a it's a full committee here. I don't see that changing too much. Um, I do like the passing side though here, Cincinnati. You can definitely exploit them through the passing game, and I like Lamar Jackson. I think that if people are worried about the injury, that can lower his ownership percentage. So, you know, I'm big on that. If I can get him at a little lower ownership and kind of a, a pay up to be a little more contrarian here with Lamar Jackson, I like him with this rushing upside. You know, remember the game against uh, Cincinnati last year where he just torched him through the air, through the through the running game. So he's the type of guy obviously can get over 100 yards rushing um, and still hit him through the passing game. And I think this is a sneaky good game for Marquise Brown. I've been kind of trying to. Uh, hovering around Marquise Brown, trying to f figure out a good week for him to break out. And they've had, he's had some tough matchups, some sh some shadow matchups, some bad game scripts, but I don't really see anyone from, uh, from uh, Cincinnati that can cover him. I think that they can move him around the formation to uh, mostly avoid William Jackson, who's their best corner for Cincinnati. I don't think they're going to shadow him. So Marquise Brown, I think this is a game where he could definitely hit some deep balls for a touchdown. We've seen Lamar Jackson miss him on some deep touchdowns, uh, you know, in a couple games this year. And I think this could be the game where they finally connect for a couple of those deep balls and Marquise Brown to have a blow up game. So he's a GPP guy here and he hasn't had the blow up game yet, which means his price is still cheap around the six thousand dollar range. So I like Marquise Brown for a nice GPP upside guy this week to finally have that blow up. And then I think you can still go right back to Mark Andrews just because Mark Andrews is just really good. He's their main red zone target. 
Uh, he's tough to cover. And same thing, I don't think Cincinnati's, you know, safeties or linebackers can can cover him at all. So, um, so yeah, I look for a big game from the Baltimore offense, and I try to attack the passing attack here, which is fairly – at least the passing attack is concentrated on really these couple guys here. It's not like they're throwing the ball to all kinds of guys, um, and you don't have to worry about the running attack. You just hope that they get passing touchdowns, not running touchdowns, unless it's Lamar Jackson, that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the big question mark. Uh, yeah. is, is certainly hard to predict that. Um, on the Cincinnati side, uh, we don't want to run against Baltimore. So Mixon is a, a fade for me. Uh, would you go with either of these receivers, perhaps, in a GPP, Boyd or T. Higgins? No, I don't I don't like the matchup. You know, I, I love uh, Boyd in general. Um, we were on him last week, and he's great in the slot there. Uh, Burrow really loves him over the middle. They have a great connection. But the problem is he's got to play Marlon Humphreys in there, one of the better slot corners. And I think he can really cause problems for Tyler Boyd and, again, limit his upside. So I don't really like that matchup in there. And I don't like the fact that Cincinnati is going to have a hard time scoring in general here. Um, I will say that Joe Mixon looked really good in the passing game last week, which he hasn't in the past. So Joe Mixon's getting heavily involved and looking awesome in the passing game. And Joe Burrow's connecting with him good. So that's a really good sign for him. And that would allow you to be able to play Joe or to play Joe Mixon in this game. And he could actually have a route to have a decent game if they can get him in space. With that being said, not really targeting Joe Mixon because it is a really tough matchup against the run, and he's not going to be able to just completely just annihilate him like he did last week against was <laughs> Jacksonville, right? He was yeah. just, yeah, just running. It, there, I mean, there was one play where it didn't even look like they had, I don't know, it was like a blown assignment on the end. He just ran free. He's just like, you know, and I hadn't seen Joe Mixon run free in a while. I was like, man, this guy is good. That's why I drafted him in the you know first <laughs> round of season-long leagues, right? right. So I, I forgot how fast Joe Mixon was until I saw him actually run in space for the first time in a long time. So, yeah, he, he, was, wide, he was wide open in space. But I, that's an encouraging sign, though, for Joe Mixon. So there is a path where he can get a ton of work in the, in the passing game here and cause some problems for Baltimore, but it's probably not a good place to target in the DFS world. Excellent. All right, Shane, before we get to the four o'clock kickoffs, let's pause right here and listen to a word from our friends at BetUS. Wake up, sports bettors. Sports are in high gear at BetUS.com, so put down the beer and make every sporting event more exciting by putting stakes on the line at BetUS. Earn bragging rights over your friends as you rake in the cash from each week's betting action. But don't settle for any other book. Choose America's favorite sports book with over 25 trusted years in the industry, BetUS. You need a sports book with integrity and longevity, but more importantly, you need a sports book that pays. BetUS has your game with action on football, baseball, basketball, MMA, golf, horse racing, and even esports. No other sports book welcomes newcomers like BetUS with their jaw dropping sign up bonuses. Sign up now with promo code COACHTALK for 125% sign up bonus up to two grand. The best in the biz. Now you have the best book in the business with the best DFS provider in the business, Coach Talk. Create your account to make point spread bets, futures bets, prop bets, entertainment bets, live bets, and more. No other sports book is as committed to their members as BetUS. Sign up now and get in on the winning side of the ball. All right, welcome back. Uh, thank you again to our partners at BetUS. Use that promo code Coach Talk. And Shane, as we get to these final four games with the four o'clock uh, kickoffs, we're going to start with the Dolphins traveling to play the 49ers. 49ers favored by nine at BetUS with a total of 49 and a half. And the big question mark here is what's going to happen with that 
Uh, 49ers passing attack. Jimmy G questionable right now with the ankle. It is an awesome matchup uh, for the passing game. Miami number 28 against the pass. And the price tags on DraftKings are all very cheap and attractive for all three candidates to start for San Fran. Jimmy G, 5.5. Mullins, 5.3. Bethard, 5.3. Are you going to keep a placeholder in your notes and in some of your lineups for the San Francisco quarterback when we finally figure out who it's going to be? Uh, I don't I don't think so. I don't think I'm okay. going to have a lot of exposure to the, the passing game there. Um, they do have some good targets back, though. I mean, I think this is going to be, you know, I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I want to play uh, Kittle or not because he had that massive blow-up game. But I right. don't... I don't know if you could expect an encore there. I mean, does I think he have got... anything left in the tank? <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I think he does. I mean, the guy's just an absolute beast, man. He's just an animal, man. He's out there just, you know, people don't even want to tackle him because he's going to punch him when they try to come tackle him. I mean, it looks like his stiff arm is just, yep. is just powerful. So, yeah, so I think you can go back to uh, George Kittle here. I mean, the guy's awesome. Uh, great matchup here against Miami. I don't think they have anyone can contain him. So, yeah, so I look for Kittle to be super highly owned. So it's a matter if you got to eat the chalk there or pivot off him to someone else, uh, and you got to be able to pay up for him. I think Debo Samuel could have a blow-up here. You know, I think that now that he's he's been back for a week, he, he should be able to get more snaps and be involved more. So I, it looks like he's fairly healthy to me. And they give him, uh, you know, jet sweeps and get him involved in the running game. And he's a physical, you know, guy. And 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 if he gets uh, matched up against some of these guys in Miami secondary, it's going to be a huge mismatch. Um, and Debo's still cheap, of course, because he's just came back. He hasn't done anything yet this year. So I like Debo Samuel here. He's great for GPPs. Um, and then if Mostert is out, if Raheem Mostert's out, then definitely you can go right back to McKinnon. And McKinnon looks awesome. And he Jones is this backfield for the most part, um, and he looks awesome in the passing game. And when he gets in space, he's 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 very explosive, very quick, uh, and tough to tough to get, tough to catch there. So I, I love McKinnon at that fairly reasonable price if Moster is out. But we have to see. I don't see any reason why they have to play Moster this week. I say they give him him and really Garoppolo another week's rest because they have to play that division rival, uh, the LA Rams next week. So if I'm the 49ers, I'm going to sit out Moster and rest him for the division game next week. And I'm going to sit out Jimmy G and I'm still going to probably beat the Miami Dolphins pretty easily here. That's, that's the way I look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Pretty good strategy. I like it. And uh, no reason to mention the, the Miami guys from my perspective either. You know, great 49ers defense despite the injuries. They're only giving up 306 yards per game. So don't think I'll be going over yeah. there. I mean, Devontae Parker's in play for GPPs just because he's talented. And if you think he's fully healthy, I've seen he's fully practicing. So he is he he is the type of guy that has two touchdown upside and, you know, 100 yard, two touch two touchdown upside and you never know when he can go off i mean san francisco's not completely shut down i don't think they're going to get richard sherman back this week so that there is a path where he he could have a big blow-up game here and you know fitzpatrick is always pretty aggressive he doesn't really care like i said he just slings the ball around so i mean that's good for dfs it can be ugly at times but the fact that he's so aggressive and Devontae parker could overpower people i like that matchup here so he is a type of guy and you play in a gpp it's just it's a little risky obviously with the matchup but i think he could have a good game here Okay. All right, Shane, the next one here is the final game with a total over 50. It's the Giants traveling to Big D to take on the Cowboys. Their Giants are winless, Cowboys 1 and 3 in that tough NFC East. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cowboys favored by 10. 
and uh, they need this one. They need to get uh, going here with another win. So you know coaches listening in here, are there any Cowboys that you're going to be looking to get into your lineups? Yeah, it's like every single week, it's like Cowboys stacks bonanza over here. I mean, it's, it's like, okay, we know their defense is going to give up like, what, 40 to 50 points. That means they're going to have to score a lot. They're going to have to pass right. a lot. Now, I could see this being a game where if Dallas can get a lead there, I mean, they're favored by like, what, nine and a half to 10 points here, depending on where you look. So if Dallas can get a big lead, this could be a Ezekiel Elliott game here, just because uh, they've been in down so uh, big in several games against really good offenses where they've had to pass the ball, and Dak's had incredible volume. I think Dak won't get as much volume here, but he still has a path where he can be really efficient and still have a good game. It's just I don't think he's going to be getting as 50 to 60 passes like he's been getting, which is just uh, just ridiculous volume, having to have miracle comebacks. They should be in control of this game for the most part and be able to beat the Giants, but you never know. The Giants play them tough. Uh, but, yeah, I think that you can definitely look at, uh, look at Dak in, in this game. You get pay up for him. He's still going to have a great game. He's got a great matchup. And then I think uh, in terms of stacks with him, I, I, uh, I'm I thinking that Cooper is probably going to be shadowed by James Bradbury. And Bradbury's been a pretty, uh, really highly rated corner this week, this year. So I don't love the Cooper matchup. When he goes up against a really hot coverage corner, a lot of times he can get shut down. So even though Cooper's been um, you know, I'd have to look at the rankings. I believe he's like the number one wide receiver right now in terms of fantasy points. Um, he's If he's not number one, he's right up there. But my point is, I don't think I'm going back to the well with Cooper, even though he's been absolutely on fire. Um, but I do like the other guys like Michael Gallup. I think he's due for a breakout here. He's, he hasn't been that good lately. But the point is, uh, is that he's going to have a much better matchup against the rest of the uh, giant secondary is absolutely garbage. So he's going to have a great matchup. If you have Bradbury just following Cooper around, Gallup's going to have one-on-one -on -one coverage against weak secondary, weak corners all day. So Gallup could have a blow-up game here, and he's super cheap because he's been disappointing lately. Uh, you know, he's 5,400 on DK, 5,700 on FanDuel. I think it's a great price. Uh, so I think I like Gallup slightly over C.D. Lamb, but I also really like C.D. Lamb here as well. So I think that the strategy is here, you, you take Dak, one strategy is to take Dak and pair him with both Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, and uh, both guys that are going to have great matchups, and the fact that you have to pay up for Dak, you can pay down for Lamb and Gallup at great prices and still have massive upside here. Um, besides the strategy of just not going with the passing game and just going paying up for Ezekiel Elliott, knowing that he's involved in the passing game and should be able to do good in the running game. But the Giants have been decent against the run, so that's the only thing that makes me a little hesitant about Elliott. But they're in, and the fact that the Dallas offensive line is no, lo no longer a dominant run-blocking group, uh, that makes me a little more nervous. So I tend to like that because of that, I think Dak is going to have to throw, and I like those cheaper wide receivers here. So that's kind of the way I'm approaching this game here. Uh, what about you? Are you loading up on the Dallas side here like, like most people? I don't know if I would quite load up on it uh, for some of the reasons you said, you know, including that offensive line is really banged up. It hurts the, the running, rushing attack and the passing game. Uh, I'd say Lamb is probably my favorite uh, target here. And then on the Giants side, you know, I do want to talk about their squad because Dallas has not been good stopping the run. They're number 31. But of course, we have a committee. So how about a GPP for Devontae Freeman? This week, can he yeah, make an appearance in, in a lineup for you? He got 15 touches last week, including four receptions. Yeah, I, and the thing about Devonta Freeman, yeah, he hasn't looked great, but he, you know, he's, he, he did get in there and get in the mix last week, kind of knocked the rust off. And I think that he's just going to keep getting more and more tart, more and more uh, 
uh, snaps, uh, higher snap share, and more and more uh, touches here. So that's good. So each week, I think he's going to be more involved in the game plan as he kind of learns the offense, becomes more familiar. And this is a good week where I think he can get a pretty good workload and get the majority of the workload. So because of that, and going against a you know a banged up uh, Dallas uh, defense who's really not good at uh, good at all here. I mean, you've seen obviously the Browns have an elite running game, but the Browns were able to just to run through them like nothing. You know, like it was like Swiss cheese defense there but uh so Devonta Freeman yeah I think he he, he definitely has got a little bit left in the tank I think and he's finally getting acclimated in this offense so I think he is a good play at the cheap at the cheap price um and I think you could take a look at the wide receivers here obviously Dallas hasn't been good at stopping wide receivers and the passing attack so you can take a look at guys like Darius Slayton that's the type of guy that has high upside so he's great for a GPP what over on DraftKings he's what 4800 and he's just the type of guy again that has that two touchdown upside for you know upwards of 100 150 receiving yards because he's just a big play threat and the and they're going to have to probably be down in this game as Dallas I think will jump out and actually start fast in this game even though they they never have they haven't so far this year I think Dallas will start fast and and the Giants will get a lot of garbage time passing and so I look for Darius Slayton to have a big game. And I think Golden Tate's kind of sneaky as well, because Golden Tate, he's going to get a lot of catches and he's sneaky in terms of run after the catch, even though he's older. The guy is still pretty, you know, pretty uh, got great balance and ability to break tackles. And he can occasionally break off a big, a big catch as well. So Golden Tate is a guy that most people aren't going to be on that you can get super cheap if you want to stack this game. And then I think I, I do like the tight end, Evan Ingram. He's still really cheap because he's been slightly disappointing. But the fact that he's just a big athletic tight end and, you know, he's going to be able to exploit the weak Dallas defense over the middle. I like Evan Ingram at his cheap price here. And so I and they're going to have to pass a lot. So definitely like those guys on the giant side here. Yeah, well said. I agree with you on all that. Um, certainly could could get at least one guy or maybe even two out of this game um, to combine with some of the other uh, high totals and uh, matchups that we're getting a lot of exposure to. All right, Shane, two games left. The next one, we have the Colts traveling to play the Browns. The Colts, one and a half point favorites over under 46 at BetUS. And we've mentioned this Browns rushing attack here a couple times. It has been terrific. We know that Chubb is out now. So you might think, well, let's get some Hunt or let's get some Dearness Johnson. But Indianapolis defense has been terrific against the run and the pass. Are you willing to play any Cleveland Browns this week, or are you going to fade this one? The, here's the thing. I, I think that the the Colts are the biggest, you know, sneaky defense out there. Like a lot of people, if you ask, like, who's the top defense to just like any random person, who's the top defense in the NFL, they're not going to be like the Indianapolis Colts, you know, unless they really follow. But they've pretty much been the top, one of the top defenses, if not the top defense in the league. Um, however, when you talk about, you know, I use the word elite in terms of top level, the best in among the best in the league, the Cleveland offensive line in terms of the run blocking grade and the combination of that and their scheme and the way that their the, the creativity in the running game has been top notch and elite. And you combine that with Kareem Hunt. If he if he can get healthy, he's been laboring a growing issue, but he didn't practice hardly at all last week he's now practicing on a limited basis if I see Kareem Hunt get a full practice in or if I just feel comfortable with him having limited practices and he's going to get a full workload 
now we're talking about, again, elite level running back in, in the run and passing game and elite level offensive line. And that has a chance to beat this defense who's also really good on the other side, right? So because of that, I'm not as scared of the matchup because of the scheme and the offensive line and the talent of Kareem Hunt here. So I think he is a guy that you have to take a look at. And I think he's going to get quite a bit, you know, quite a bit of ownership because of that. Um, and he's priced up a little bit um, because Nick Chubb's out. But if if he pretty much owns this backfield, I don't think it's going to be a split. They brought in Dearness Johnson and uh, the other guy Hilliard in there because Kareem Hunt was still laboring from that injury. But if Kareem Hunt is mostly healthy and he gets you know sixty to seven percent snap share here, and he's going to be heavily involved when he's in there because that's what this offense does, I think Kareem Hunt is is a great play as long as all those things are happening there, which I think they're gonna. Okay. You're going to bring it back with anyone on the other side. You know, one thing we've talked about here repeatedly is using tight ends against Cleveland. But we've got a, a, a you know a form of a committee with the tight ends for Indianapolis. Last week, Moali Cox played 33 snaps, Jack Doyle played 45, and Trey Burton played 36. Well, you know, you were talking about me uh, taking a little trip there. I might take a trip down to Indianapolis, see if I can find Frank Reich and knock on his door. I might leave a a bag of uh, something really bad on his, you know, flaming something really bad on his doorstep because I'm watching the game of last week and Jonathan Taylor just looks great. He's going against, you know, Chicago, pretty tough defense. He gets the ball. He just looks completely explosive, and he just looks like he's ready to break off a big run every single time he catches gets <laughs> gets the ball, right? And yeah. then they're like, let's bring in Jordan Wilkins. We want to get a look at this guy. And then they're like, let's bring in Naheem Hines. And, and then those guys keep getting, like, tackled behind the line of scrimmage and, you know, getting, like, one yard. And so they they decided to do a full three headed monster. I don't understand exactly why. I don't I don't know if uh, if if all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor was just late for a bunch of meetings or you know he wasn't following protocol. I don't know what it was, but it's just ridiculous. If they continue that three headed monster, yeah, and then you have the 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 you know three different tight ends, you know you know uh, cycling in and out there. But so it completely. I think they're just saving. Similar, we were talking about like J.K. Dobbins with the right. three headed monster. They're just saving their stud rookie running back for like the playoff stretch. At that point, the rookie would be more acclimated in terms of pass protection and knowing the scheme. And then you have your elite level young running back ready to dominate. And once you get to the playoffs, because I think Indianapolis is probably good enough with their defense to make the playoffs. So that's that's my best explanation is they're saving him in terms of his workload because these college rookies had a shortened offseason and they didn't they don't they want to protect him in terms of their health. Anyways, that's my long way of saying I don't know if I can get to Jonathan Taylor, even though I love Jonathan Taylor, just because you don't know what kind of uh, production he's going to get. But he's so talented that even if he only gets like 12 or 13 carries, he can break off a huge run here. He just looks like he's ready to break off a huge run every time he catches the ball, uh, every every time he gets the ball, I mean, and catches the ball. So it's probably going to be the week where I fade Jonathan Taylor and he gets that 70 to 80 yard rushing touchdown that I've been waiting for. So right. if, if so everyone play Jonathan Taylor, if I, if I fade him, because it's going to be the go. reverse jinx on there. But anyways, <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not getting to Indianapolis a lot because of the committee of approach. And I think that Phillip Rivers to me looks really bad. He looks like he just struggles to throw the ball down the field. Receivers are kind of iffy. Uh, even T.Y. Hilton doesn't look great. Phillip Rivers just looks bad to me. If he gets any any under any type of pressure, and Cleveland's a pretty good defense, we'll be able to pressure him. So, so this is going to be just a kind of a hard fought game back and forth. It's a pretty low over under and a pretty close game. But in general, 
the Cleveland offense should go through Kareem Hunt. It should be the Kareem Hunt show. And if he can get a, in a little bit of space against a really tough Indianapolis defense, I think Kareem Hunt should have a big game here. Um, but it's it's a tough matchup. But I think the talent's too good here, so it's hard to fade. Excellent. All right. Final game on the slate here is a 425 kickoff. Broncos against the Patriots. Uh, we do have some question marks here with uh, Cam Newton questionable uh, because of covid we do know that Stephon Gilmore is going to be out, so a little bit easier for the Broncos passing attack, but we don't know who's going to be under center there. Drew Locke questionable with the shoulder, so we may go back to Brett Rippon again. Um, bottom line here in uh, in this one is, since it's the last game, are you going to leave a, a roster spot open for anyone from this one? <laughs> I, I don't think Brett Rippon's going to be ripping the ball down the field or ripping <laughs> Probably anything. Probably not. not against the, the touchdowns here. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be doing a lot of ripping against the Patriots here. Uh, so it's really hard. I'm not trying to go. I, I think Tim Patrick is great, you know, and I think he has great rapport with Rippon. And I just don't really want to get there. I don't really want to mess with this New England secondary. Um, I, I did find something really interesting in this game, though. The Patriots played on Monday night because their game got moved. Um, and so that means the pricing wasn't adjusted for guys on the New England side. So Damian Harris on FanDuel is minimal priced, which I think is very interesting at 4,500. He's reasonable at 4,300 on DK, but he's not really a pass catching guy as they have James White. But when we're talking about FanDuel, uh, a running back that could get, you know, even if he gets, you know, 15 carries or so, which I think he will. Um, I think he's their main early down running back. And I know that New England's known for that committee, but this guy's super talented. They obviously have a good offensive line. Denver's a pretty, pretty tough defense against the run, but I think New England's really good at run blocking and their scheme. So I like Damian Andrew at $4,500 at minimal price. I think that's a, that's a misprice because he, he just came off IR and uh, they threw him in there and uh, they didn't have time to adjust the pricing because he played on Monday night. The pricing was already out. So that's something that a lot of people I think are going to exploit and that you, I think he's cash safe and he, and he has upside in GPPs here. Excellent. Yep. Uh, good call there. I like that you dug out the price on FanDuel and uh, I'll just add in at the very end that the Patriots defense in play for me at 4,200. So we'll wait and see who's going to be under center for Denver. And uh, with the slate being completed, Shane, I uh, just want to uh, thank you for your hard work today and invite folks to jump in with us as a member. Uh, if you like the way we approach things, we're going to be grinding out the lineups here, get them ready for Sunday right before kickoff. Uh, just go to DFSCoachTalk.com and grab one of our memberships. We'll get you into Discord, get you those FanDuel lineups, the Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings, and the Yahoo lineups as well. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, we'd love it if you'd give us the thumbs up and subscribe so you know when our podcasts are coming out. We've got two more this week for the NFL. We'll have one late Saturday night that'll post. That'll be a final preview of the Sunday Main Slate where we go position by position and give you our final picks. And we'll have another podcast previewing the Sunday night and Monday night games. Uh, two exciting matchups. Um, so be sure to tune in for that. We may have one more NBA podcast. Uh, we'll see what happens with uh, Game 5 Friday night in the NBA. Uh, so stay tuned for that. The charity of choice here uh, at DFS Coach Talk, speaking of the Lakers, is mambaon3.org, M-A-M-B-A-O-N-T-H-R-E-E.org. want to thank our presenting sponsors one more time, betus.com.pa. 
Use that promo code COACHTALK. Get your 125% match on your deposit. Shane, any final words here on Thursday as we look ahead to the Sunday main slate? No, I think we're, I think we're ready to go. I think there's a, got a, a lot of good games here, a lot of lot of great analysis and matchups, and I look forward to finalizing these uh, finalizing these and give you guys some great player picks also on Saturday night as we we finalize it. And this is a week again where you really have to keep an eye on these injuries and the COVID list and all these different things we're dealing with because the news is going to change between now, which is Thursday, and of course Sunday morning. Uh, there could be games moved. There's all kinds of different things going on. So keep keep updated on the news here. But this is looking like a great slate. And I, I love how it's how it's shaping up, and I think I think it's going to be an awesome week for us. Absolutely. And the one final thing I'll mention in terms of that news: follow us all at DFS Coach Talk on Twitter. And if you have some thoughts for the coach about the Cowboys, share those with him on Twitter at J O E S A R V A D I. He's our resident Cowboys fan, among other things, of course. So. Uh, we'd love to interact with you on social media. Thank you all for joining us today. On behalf of Sugar Shane Caldwell and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I am Andrew Hansen, and be sure to tune in next time as we look to crush it in DFS.